This episode comes with a content warning for mentions of abuse, self-harm, substance use, suicidal ideation, and suicide. Hey y'all, it's your girl, Dr. Nicole. Today we are speaking with Jamar Rogers on radical self-acceptance because even though it shouldn't be, loving ourselves unconditionally is a radical and political act. Let's talk about what that means and discover some powerful ways we can learn to accept ourselves exactly where we are right now. Let's dive into it. Hey Jamar. Hey, Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Good to see you. Yes, good to you see too. you. All right. Thank you Hello. so much for joining us. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I was just telling Jamar that I found them on TikTok. My roommate sent me a video that you had posted about it was like some sort of like affirmations video and I was wow this is exactly what I needed like in the moment and I started watching some of your other TikToks and I was damn like I'm on this tip of radical self-acceptance and that's something that you talk about a lot so I was wow like this it would be really great so thank you so much for joining us and for agreeing to be a part of this thanks for having me isn't social media so cool like how it can just bring random people together who are like <laughs> learning the same lessons I love it thanks for having me Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. My name is Dr. Nicole, my pronouns are she, her, and Aja. Can you tell the people your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about who you are? I'm Jamar Rogers, my pronouns are he, him. Man, I don't even know where to start. I'll just I'll, I'll put it like this. All of my adult life I've been a musician. I was on The Voice back in 2012. Before that I was on American Idol. I was signed. I've been on tour. Mm-hmm. I've done some really cool things, but nothing is quite as cool as getting to know myself. um releasing a lot of childhood trauma that i had and so now my passion is to tell people that there's nothing more remarkable about me i don't have some some special superpower all i did was take the time and the effort and the energy to love me and accept me and so i just want to spread that message uh, as far and wide as i can that there's no pit too deep that you can't climb out of and you're never as stuck as you think you are. Wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> Can you tell us what has been your journey to radical self-acceptance? What does it mean to radically accept yourself, right? Cuz like we know self-acceptance, but there's something about this radical piece that I think is really important. So what does that yeah. mean to you? For me, radical self-acceptance means unconditional self-friendship. There's no conditions on how much I will love myself, how I will cheer myself on even on my worst day. even on the day that i'm battling my mind the most i will show up for myself with compassion kindness care so i was born to a single mom she was 19 she didn't know really what she was doing so she made a lot of mistakes i knew that i was queer at a very young age but i was raised very religious so i had a lot of uh, shame surrounding sexuality and identity i was sexually abused as a child um i was i was ostracized a lot as a kid just because i was different, you know, I was othered. Yeah. I'm a Pisces, you know, I'm just all over the place. I've always been a daydreamer. <laughs> and so, you know, high school was rough for me. I I I tried killing myself a few times. I was hospitalized for suicide wow. attempts. I ran away from home at 17 and I stayed away from home my entire senior year of high school. I was couch surfing. I was addicted to crystal meth by the time I was 18. Wow. I was homeless. I found out I was HIV positive when I was 23. So when I say that I know shame, I know shame. Me and shame, we go way back. You know, I know what it's like <laughs> yeah. to hate what you see when you look in the mirror. I know what it's like to feel forgotten, to feel abandoned. I know what it's like to have these 
these feelings come up, these triggers come up and you not know how to pinpoint it and you not know where it's coming from. I know what it's like to have an anxious attachment, how it feels to be an avoidant attachment. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've been on both sides of it all and I'm here to let you know today that this road is never ending. Yeah. This road of getting to know yourself, know thyself, and in knowing thyself, be true to yourself. And in order, the only way you can be true to yourself is by knowing yourself. And so this has been a mixture of uh, therapy. It's been a mixture of holistic healing, medical healing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about do what you need to do to make your inner child feel safe, to help you love you. Because once you feel secure, once you feel safe within your skin, once you feel safe within the confines of your own love, then it's then you're unstoppable. It's easy for you to go out and love as many people as possible. And that I honestly believe that's what we're on this planet to do. First of all, thank you for sharing that with us. I know that's like it's really vulnerable to share about oh. our traumas and things. Super relate. Like I grew up very religious. I I actually didn't come out until very recently. So like about maybe wow. like a year and a half ago. Oh. Because I grew up with so much like homophobia, so much purity culture, and there's a lot of yeah. shame around like sexuality and just sexual expression. I, I think it's incredible to hear the depths of where you've come from and recognizing that and being able to acknowledge that and, and not just do that, but kind of own your story and, yeah. and really integrate those parts of you, right? Because that's really difficult to do, especially when you have trauma, like being able to accept the parts of you that are very dark, that feel very shameful, right? Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with us. I'm curious about how you sort of got started on this road. I know, I know you mentioned that you have experience with addiction and with houselessness and all these different things. What was sort of the turning point for you? Was, was it over time? Was there something that sparked your journey toward accepting yourself after being in a place of like self-loathing? Uh, it was a series of events, really. Um, I've hit rock bottom several times. And here's the thing. This is what I love about life. Life will continue to present us opportunities to grow. We can either evolve and expand or we can constrict and stay closed. And so for a long time, I constricted. I, you know, I had such religious programming that mm -hmm. I just went back to what was comfortable. I, I even after my time of homelessness and, and addiction, I was a youth pastor for a little while. Wow. Um, I was, yeah, I was <laughs> not I was a youth pastor. Though. I was I was really in it. Um, yes. I had a okay. crisis of I guess I guess what really started was my crisis of faith, me yeah. leaving organized religion back in 2014. Yeah. That was the start. I was introduced to a series of books by a woman named Louise Hay. And Louise Hay is, is who introduced me to this concept of mirror work. Mirror work is what got me started, which is the act of looking at yourself in the mirror with love. Because I hated what I saw. I, I could not look at myself in the mirror because I, hate, I had so much shame. But I yeah. had to learn to look myself in the mirror, look at myself in the eyes and say, Jamar, not only do I approve of you, I love you. Yeah. I love you. I like you. I like being mm -hmm. around you. Your company feels good. Your energy is warm and healing. Mm -hmm. I love how it feels to to make you happy. I love I love putting you to bed on time. I love feeding you mm -hmm. good things. And so I had to do this challenge. I did a 40-day challenge of starting to love myself, like mirror work, right? And from there, that was really just the catalyst that got me started. I, I started getting into uh, tapping to get rid of some, of, um, some old traumatic beliefs, uh, journaling. But I would honestly say that being in relationships, being in relationships is what helped show me what I was repressing. And I feel like a lot of us, we want to avoid relationships because we want to keep ourselves safe. We want to protect ourselves. I get it. A lot of us are dealing with abandonment issues. And, and some, of our, some of our attachment issues are, are from like 
when we were toddlers, when we were infants yeah. and we didn't get our needs met. And so yeah. I, I know for me, being in relationship brought up a lot of anxiety, but the mm -hmm. more I was in relationship, the more I could see, oh, wow, that's a trigger. Oh, wow, that's a trigger. How many times during triggers do we constrict and we close off as opposed mm -hmm. to leaning into the trigger and asking ourselves, well, why do I feel this way? Why do I have this belief that I'm not good enough? Why do I start freaking out whenever they don't text me back within five minutes? Why do I like why? Just get comfortable with asking yourself why. So listen, there's not a one size fits all, right? And I wish there was. I wish there was just this one philosophy that we could all follow. And there we have it. I'm a firm believer in be your own guru. Be your own life coach. Your intuition will never steer you wrong. The problem is we've been taught to search externally for answers as opposed to going inward. And so I have found that a daily mindfulness practice, a daily meditation practice helps always hold a mirror up to my face so I know what I believe about myself. And when I see what I believe about myself and I don't like it, I can change a belief. A belief is just a thought. A belief is just a pattern that if we are willing to look at it and say, you know what? I don't have to, be I don't believe I'm sinful anymore. I don't believe I was born on accident. I don't believe I'm ugly or hard to love or a challenge to be mm -hmm. around. No, that was all instilled in me. And so I can deprogram that shit whenever I want to. And so can <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, dude, absolutely. Okay. So a couple of things. Um, number one, I, bro, I was in a toilet too. I used to teach Sunday school. I was not a youth pastor, but I was in youth group, Bible study, <laughs> church. Like I was in it to win it. That was like back Kindred. in high school. Listen, <laughs> we find each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, that's super real. I mean, I feel like recently I've been on this radical self-acceptance tip because for I've been in therapy for about 10 years. Throughout that time, you know, I'm the kind of person that I like, I want to get like the good grade in therapy. I want to be my therapist's like favorite <laughs> client. I'm like, yes, I'm like, bring it in. Like when I first started doing therapy, I was a little bit shy about it at first, but then I was like, all right, you know what? I'm a dive in, tell me what I need to do. Give me the homework so that I can do it. And then we can overcome this and then I'm done. Right. And it took me a while to realize, oh shit, it's the process of going into therapy and like going to therapy consistently. That is literally going to cause a change. It, it is about the process. For me, I'm like, I want to get there. I want to be there. I want to be at that place when I'm healed. And it took me a really long time to, to understand like, oh, actually, like it is about this process of going, right? And then very recently, I'm talking like December, like two months ago, <laughs> I went through a breakup and I have this book called No Mud, No Lotus. Mm. I don't know if you've read it. Have you read it? I'm familiar with it. I haven't read it. Okay. I highly recommend this book. It is, um, it's by a Buddhist monk. So a lot of these concepts about mindfulness and stuff come from the contemplative traditions from Buddhism, right? This monk, he wrote this book about, it's, it's called No Mud, No Lotus, The Art of Transforming Suffering. I have this book. I've had it on my shelf, on my bookshelf for probably at least five years, maybe seven years. And I haven't read it yet. And it's a really small book or whatever. And I knew I was like, damn, now is the time to read this book. I'm in pain. I'm going through a breakup. Like, this is really hard. So I started reading this book. And one of the first things that he says is that we have to embrace our difficult feelings, that we, mm -hmm. we usually try to, like, avoid difficult feelings. But actually, out of all of the spectrum of emotions, the vast majority of them are negative. Mm -hmm. And this is something that has been researched, studied, like the vast majority of feelings are negative. However, we try to run away from those feelings. And so he says, like, literally imagine yourself embracing this feeling, whatever it is, pain, sadness, shame, regret, 
concern, worry, anxiety, literally imagine yourself embracing it and ask it questions. Get curious with this feeling, right? Because these feelings are a part of you. Mm. And so what I started doing is because, you know, this was this was a really big deal for me. Like I cried probably for four days straight. Like I just didn't stop crying. My roommate like came and stayed over, like slept in my room for like the first three nights or something like that, because I was just in so much pain. Every morning when I would wake up, I would literally say to my pain, I would say, hello, pain, like, hello, pain. This is becoming like a joke in my in my house. But like, I started saying, you are welcome here. Yes. I am. I embrace you. I'm not going to try to change you or fix you. You can stay here as long as you need. You are part of me and mm -hmm. I love you. Right. And And ultimately, also, these feelings are trying to protect us from something right so feelings even even self-criticism self-judgment right those parts of us are trying to protect us from something so i thank them like thank you for trying to protect me you've been working really hard my whole life you can lay your load down you don't have to work so hard right and and it's literally like changed my fucking life like that yes. shit has changed me you know it revolutionizes everything and that is radical self-acceptance that is accepting yourself the painful parts, the shameful parts. It is sitting with the pain and becoming friends with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because once you become friends with the pain, it doesn't it doesn't affect you anymore. And and did Tikna Khan right? No no yes. no mud no lotus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm currently taking a class right now. We're studying a lot of his his teachings. Another book that has been really influential has been The Untethered Soul for me by mm. Michael Singer. And Michael Singer teaches the same exact thing, this thought philosophy of sitting with the discomfort, becoming comfortable with discomfort yeah. because your liberation is on the other side of, of that discomfort. But also understanding that everything is energy. You know, you're an mm. energetic being, I'm an energetic being, our thoughts and emotions, it's energy in motion, it's all energy, right? And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of energetic attachments uh, that we've been carrying since childhood. And when we're triggered, we're given a unique opportunity to finally release this energy that has been stuck for so long. Um, but what happens is a lot of times we tell us we tell a story, we narrate the energy. Oh, this is why I can't trust people. Oh, this is what happens every time I love someone. Yeah, like this person reminds me of someone else. So I run as opposed to leaning in, because what I've realized is the world is not going to cater to my triggers. The world is not going to bow to my fear. I can mm. either live a life in my own self-contained prison where I don't let people touch my walls because it's too painful, mm. or I can start taking a sledgehammer to those walls because I have mm. the power to do that. <laughs> I love what you're saying. Like whenever mm. I feel today, I had to sit with some really heavy, heavy energy. And mm. I did this, I said the same thing. I said, thank you. I'm so happy you're here. Hello, old friend. Good to feel you again. I'm not going to try to get rid of you. It is safe for you to be here. I'm yeah. acknowledging your existence. And here's the thing, when we acknowledge its existence, yo, sometimes it passes in like three minutes. Literally, like literally. literally. You just have to look at it and you just have yeah. to sit with it. It's not, like you said, it's here to show you, it's here to protect you. It's not here to hurt you. Yeah. It's not here to hurt you at all. So to me, that's radical self-acceptance, accepting myself, accepting the pain, accepting the highs, accepting the lows, and understanding that I'm still like this shit regardless, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love that that you bring up, uh, you had brought up relationships before. I think it's really important. Something that I hear about all the time is people saying like, you can't get into a relationship until you've self-healed because mm. like, 
relationships are not going to work out for you and all this stuff if you unless you like heal yourself first and that's to me i'm like man that's such, such a toxic idea because on the surface mm -hmm. it seems like a good idea like oh yeah let me focus on myself but ultimately what your that idea is about is that we're not worthy of love and we're not worthy of being in relation to others, whatever those relations might look, until we are healed, right? As if mm -hmm. that were a place that we can get to, number one, but mm -hmm. also that like the fact that we have trauma or the fact that we need healing separates us from other people. And I think honestly, this is very much coming from individualism, which is something that is yes. huge in our society, right? Like we, yes. we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We have to solve everything on our own. And like that disconnects us from community and community is we are wired to be in community with each other, right? Absolutely. So, I'm just applauding you. Yes. So good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And something that I learned reading this book, I won't mention it because it was written by a white person who like went to the yoga center. And <laughs> I think probably there are books out there that are written by Indian people about yoga and the yogic teachings. I learned from this book that because the, the person is also a psychologist, and so they were able to kind of come at it from that lens as well. What they said that really struck me was that healing happens in relationship. So yes. you and I can go off and do our little meditations and like be like doing our own thing and like reading all the books and working on ourselves. But the true test comes from when we are in relationship with other people, yes. because we ultimately isolating to do that healing is really just como se dice? like it's, it's kind of like preventing ourselves from feeling that those activations right? because people will activate mm -hmm. you the, the closer mm -hmm. they are to you the more they will trigger we trigger each other right we trigger each other and so it's like being in community with people is about letting them in and allowing ourselves to feel those triggers so that we can become aware of them so that we can like yes. figure out like what they are yeah. that's why that healing that repair has to happen in relationship it won't happen we can do a lot on our own but it's it's not going to be complete without other people absolutely to piggyback on what you were just saying i was one of those that believed that i needed to isolate myself to heal to get to a place to deserve a relationship when really relationships it's naturally your birthright there's not something that you have to work towards it's just learning well all right let's take it there for a second so i believe that we are all one God having individual experiences. And so mm. it's really easy. Is that the egg theory? Tell me this theory. I've never heard it. I'd love to hear <laughs> I'm it. So, I'm sorry to cut you off. Somebody sent me a video recently of, so the egg theory, there was this like cool YouTube video about it where like you reincarnate. The idea is let's imagine that mm -hmm. when you die, you go to this place and they kind of explain to you, you're going to be reincarnated. But we think of time as linear. And so we think mm -hmm. we're going to reincarnate into later in life. But actually, you can get reincarnated at any point in time because time doesn't exist. It's a social construct. Exactly. Um, yes. And so then you have to go through every single person's life, every single yes. person's experience in all of humanity. And then when you're done doing that, then you become God. Yeah, well, the universe, where the universe experiencing itself. Right. And how can you know yourself unless you experience the highs, the lows, the darkness, and the light, you know? Exactly. We are so afraid of the darkness. And mm. I feel like in the darkness is when things are revealed. We have to be comfortable yeah. with our shadow side. Our sh and it's not about vanquishing the shadow. It's not about getting rid of the shadow. It is about understanding why we do the things that we do. And then you can decide if you want to keep that behavior or get rid of it. There's no condemnation here. This mm -hmm. is not about behavior. It's mm -hmm. not about changing yourself. In fact, yes. spirituality to me is such a loaded word mm -hmm. because 
it comes with this idea that you have to attain holiness, that you're trying to get to your godhood. And for me, spirituality reminds me of my inherent godhood. I'm already ha I'm already God and you are as well. And so right. when I'm in relationship with you, I'm in relationship with myself, which is why the great sages, the great teachers said, do unto others as you would have them done, do unto you because you are, you are affecting the high self, the high yes. self that's in all of us, the spark of the creator that's in all of us. So mm -hmm. relationship is important. Relationship is to sharpen you. It mm -hmm. is to, to hold a mirror up to your face to show you mm -hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's your job to accept all of it, <laughs> to see yeah. it and say, yes, period. Yes, that's there. It is safe for me. It's safe for it to be there. And what I've noticed is when I give myself permission to to feel the shame and to feel the abandonment and say it's safe for you to be here, it leaves on its own. It leaves on its own. I don't have to do anything about it. I just have to look at it and affirm it and say, I love you. I will never leave you. I know that you were abandoned by your caregiver this, but I will not abandon you now. You have me. I will reparent you. I will lift you up when you're down. And to me, that is unconditional self-friendship. That's radical self-acceptance. Absolutely. You know, um, it's crazy because so after I read No Mud, No Lotus, I started reading The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I don't know if you, you've read it. It's so good because I love her so much. <laughs> she's so great. And she's like, you know, yeah. world renowned, like shame researcher. And she talked about how basically this book is about her research on people who live wholehearted lives. So people who mm. are like, she wanted to know, like, what makes these people sick? What, what motivates them? And something that she found, which blew my fucking mind, this is page three of the freaking book. She talks about how people who live wholehearted lives don't just know themselves. Knowing yourself is part of it. It's like, an, and it's an important part, but it's not just about knowing yourself. It's about like these people love themselves, right? Mm. And that blew my fucking mind. Cause I was like, bro, I'm in the business of knowing myself. I've been in therapy for 10 years. I've done individual group and couples count. I've done, I've done EMDR therapy, like deep trauma therapy. I've done it all. Okay. And I was like, yes, I'm going to like understand. I understand myself really well, but did I love myself? Right. Mm. Did I accept where I am exactly as I am right now? Because one thing that I struggle with is perfectionism and perfectionism is a coping strategy, right? It's something that kept me safe as a child as I was going through trauma, right? Like if I can just show up perfectly and be a perfect child, then I will not be subjected to trauma, right? So that's the thing, it's, this is a learned behavior. Once you start kind of uncovering that, you're like, damn, I don't accept myself in a lot of ways. I had a breakthrough actually. Like I was talking to my roommate and we were talking about my breakup and this was like maybe like a week later. And I realized that the breakup was only like 50% my fault. Cause like I blamed myself, I blamed myself a lot. And I was wow, like, this is something, whatever. And, and I, I really put a lot of self blame on. And then I realized that. And then right after I realized that these things that I brought, even the 50% that I brought to the relationship felt like my mind was expanding because I was okay. I observed myself and then I stopped. I, I didn't go further than just observing right mm. normally it's like an observation and then immediately a judgment or a compulsion to change right away mm. now i understand that i have this behavior now i understand that i have i'm bringing all this baggage and this trauma like now i have to change it right now and that is not accepting where i am in this moment and and so in in that moment when i was going through that and i was talking to my roommate i was like i can just observe it i can just observe where i'm at and be like oh this is what's happening today here is where i am and when i because this was i was i started doing this practice of like saying hello to like my pain my feelings 
and and just saying like hey you can stay here like you don't have to go like i'm not gonna try to change you and that shit was fucking powerful because i was like i started crying like and i was like i don't even know where i'm crying and they're so great they were they were asking me questions got very curious about what i was feeling and i'm a very visual person first of all it feels like i'm i'm flying in an airplane Hmm. and all of a sudden the plane is not there but i'm still flying Hmm. and i'm like holy shit i'm like leafing through this book like desperately like wait this wasn't in the manual i don't know Hmm. what to do if i don't judge myself wait a second what's happening right now and I felt like I had just gotten to a party and my inner selves were there. My inner child, my inner adolescent, Mm. my higher self, all these different parts of me were there and they have been waiting for me 25 years Mm. and finally get to this party. And I'm so sad. Like I started crying and I was like, I'm so sad. And my my roommate was like, why are you sad? And I was like, because they've been waiting for me for so long and Mm. I just got here. And, And they were like, well, are they sad? And I was like, no, they're so Mm. happy. They're so happy that I'm finally here. And (laughs) it felt so overwhelming. It's probably the first time in my life that I have felt like I could just be like, oh, cool. Like, this is what's here. And then stop there. Like, stop at just observing. Honestly, I don't know what nirvana is like. I don't know what it is like, but I (laughs) swear to God, like, I in front of God, I think this is what this feels like. Like enlightenment feels like this. I was like, holy shit, I don't have to do more. And self-love, self-love is all these things. It's nourishing myself. It's, you know, going dancing, feeding myself, cleaning my room. It's going to bed early. It's all those things. But actually self-love is literally just observing what's here. Yes. And being okay with it. Yes. Yes. First of all, kudos, congratulations. That's like, amazing revelation that's here's the thing we can poo poo your 11 years of therapy but it definitely aided to you getting to that point to that place right yeah absolutely i think there is something to be said about mixing the physical with the metaphysical it's about balance and so i think look at you thriving moving from survival mode to thrival mode like that that (laughs) is that is such a feeling of accomplishment and nirvana and it's the return to self and the return to love you know marianne williamson talks about this you're returning Mm. to love the love Mm. of self because you've knocked down all the walls, you've knocked down, you've stopped over identifying with your psyche that is only concerned with the trauma, that's concerned with keeping you safe. And you said, I will go beyond that to make myself feel safe within my spirit, within who I really am, not within these walls I've confined myself in. I love that, I love that so much. I know somebody was asked, somebody was asking the name of that Brene Brown, Yes. So Um, we mentioned two books. One is No Mud, No Lotus, The Art of Transforming Suffering. And the other book was The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I really, I want to look into that just because that's my goal too, is to live a completely heart-centered life. Every day I am doing heart chakra opening exercises and meditations because I feel like true healing comes, our our hearts are, are the most energetic most powerful energetic center that we have and things are constantly flowing in and out and if your heart's closed off man then we get stuck and i ain't trying to be stuck no more so one thing i wanted to also point out there's this buddhist nun i really really like her a lot and her name is uh pema children and she has this book called uh, when things fall apart and she talks about one of the most loving things that we can do for ourselves is have a daily mindfulness practice um maybe you are too nervous to start therapy maybe you don't know how to reach out or go about that mindfulness and meditation is free you can throw on a guided meditation from youtube and what you're basically doing this is what i love about meditation meditation isn't about you quieting your mind you're never going to quiet your mind you think 60 to eighty thousand thoughts a day 
what you're doing is becoming friends with those thoughts. You're not judging them. You're not latching on to them. You're not telling a story. You let them come, you let them go. And every time you return yourself back to the breath or the mantra, you are telling yourself, I will sit with you no matter what arises. I, I, will, not, I will not run down that rabbit hole of blame. And when you find yourself thinking, you make a note and you return yourself back to the mantra. And by doing this, this act of simply returning, you might return back to the mantra, to your breathing a hundred times throughout your meditation session. But if you do it with love and grace, that's what meditation is about. The returning, not about where your mind goes. It's about how can you lovingly bring yourself back? Because it also teaches you to become friends with everything that rises, everything that comes up. You don't have to judge any of it. This is what you were just talking about. You just witness it and you don't have to identify with it. And then what it also helps you do is not judge others. When you see their shit rise up, you can just witness it. You don't have to change them. You don't have to defend your points of view. You don't have to do any of it. You can just witness them in their beauty. And beauty is ugly too. Like beauty is recognizing <laughs> the ugliness too. You know what I'm saying? It's about all the whole spectrum of the human experience. So I, I can't stress it enough how a daily meditation or mindfulness practice has helped. And, and that word is so loaded. I really don't even like using the word meditation um, because of the mental pictures that come to people's mind. From someone that's been diagnosed with PTSD, PP, BPD, ADHD, I have been able to shrink my amygdala. I have been able to become a witness in certain situations without reacting. And that is a big deal for me. I used to be a hothead and cuss people out like that. Yep. And now I can just take things in and say, okay, wow. Well, that's who you are. And I, I see you and I accept you for who you are. You ain't got to change. I mean, I may not want you in my space, but you ain't got to change. Be you, you know? Yeah. I, wow. There's so much that you said. The book that you mentioned is uh, Things Fall oh, Apart, we, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've heard of this book and um, oh, it's so good. I, I haven't read it yet. So I'm going to add it to my list. Because, <laughs> you know, I love the little book exchange that we're having. I think it's really important to kind of talk about how you and I are at a specific part in our journey. So it can, yeah. I think it can be maybe deceptively easy, right? Or it mm -hmm. sounds deceptively mm -hmm. easy because for me, I'm like, I'm 10 years into therapy. I don't know how long you've been in therapy or on your healing journey. I just want to note for folks that this shit is not, not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. There's a reason that we run away from our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And that reason is not because we ain't shit. We just love numbing ourselves. Like it really is because there are so many parts of ourselves that come about in response to trauma. So for instance, if you've read The Body Keeps the Score, an example that the author uh, writes in that book is how one of his clients was super hypercritical of his wife and she was on the brink of divorce. They were on the brink of divorce. And so he started going to therapy, you know, on pain of ending his, his marriage. And this hypercritical part, it's like, it's like you were saying, right? We judge, we meet other people where we are with ourselves. So if I am judgmental of other people, that is a reflection and a projection of how judgmental I am with myself. If I disparage other people, it's the way that I treat others is such a reflection. That's why like now I'm like, I used to be so pressed and I used to get so in my feelings when people didn't <laughs> didn't like me or whatever, I, you know, anxious of attachment, whatever. Now I just think to myself, damn, that person really has so much healing to do. Like this is the way that they talk to themselves, right? And that, that's kind of a game changer when, once I understood that. So I was talking about the body keeps the score and, and he talks about even the self-critical part, uh, one that judges us, it might seem like really mean or, or bad or wrong, right? And that you just want to get rid of that part. 
But that part is literally protecting you. So for instance, in this example in the book, the man as a child had been heavily scrutinized by his parents and verbally abused by his father. It turned out that that self-critical part came out as a way to protect him because the way the brain, the mind works is, hey, if I can criticize myself really, really harshly, then others won't be able to criticize me if I get to it first. That's really, that's really heartbreaking. You know, it's even these parts of ourselves. It's like you were talking about the shadow part. In this Gifts of Imperfection, she talks, brother, she blew my mind too. Uh, she said, the darkness does not define the light, right? Mm. It doesn't define it. It merely gives it shape. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't swallow the light. It doesn't like extinguish it. It just gives it shape. We have to know pain to know joy. Otherwise, yes. joy wouldn't feel like anything, right? Yes. These shadow parts of ourselves, these like darker parts of ourselves that we think of as being detrimental or something I want to get rid of, something that I don't want to have. Even myself, when I was in EMDR therapy, which is one of the only known effective treatments for PTSD, y'all, especially wow. complex PTSD from childhood trauma, right? Quick crash course on EMDR. It is a type of therapy where you are reintegrating your traumatic memories as mm. part of your regular timeline so that you're not constantly getting activated because your body mm. with traumatic memory your body thinks it's still happening all the time mm -hmm. right and that's why you you have these like triggers what happens is in emdr you're not actually it's not like talk therapy you're not talking about the tra the actual trauma you are traveling down the neural pathways the channels of associations that your brain has made to protect you. So it's like you have this trauma, something happens, and your mind is great at associating things. For instance, when I was 15, I got a stomach virus, and the last thing I ate was chicken wings with blue cheese. So my brain was quick to be like, oh, word, oh, we're never eating blue cheese again. You smell blue cheese within like 10 feet, and you're gonna yeah. get nauseous because that's yeah. gonna protect you from feeling the way that you felt that one night, you know what I'm saying? And so what you do is you travel down these associations and your brain has images that it pulls up. So it's not the trauma, again, it's not the trauma memory, but it's actually images that your mind has associated to that trauma. Yes. And so when I was doing EMDR, I met parts of myself that I was rejecting. So one of them mm. was looked like a monster. She had my face, but she looked like a monster. And I called her the monster. And I was like, I hate her. I like, mm. I don't want her to be part of me. And then later on, as I was going through the process of EMDR, she actually spoke to me and she she represented my sexuality. Wow. And I had been rejecting wow. her. I don't, you know, I don't want you. She's like, yo, like, I just want to be accepted. I'm not a monster. Mm. I don't want to be called that. I am part of you. And, and she told me, you will never be whole until you accept me. Until yes. you allow me to be part of you, you will always yes. feel hollow. And I was like, damn, like that shit was crazy. All of these parts of us deserve love. All of them, even the parts of us that we don't like, the parts that we don't want to reveal to other people, those parts yes. of us deserve love. When we do that, when we show up with tenderness, when, you know, when I was waking up in the morning during this like period of, of breakup that I was going through and I was telling these feelings, these difficult feelings, shame, pain. Oh my God, it was so painful. So, so, so mm. painful. I was embracing them tenderly. I literally imagined myself giving them a hug and being like, you're good, you're safe here, etc." I started to notice a shift. I wasn't running away from those feelings. I wasn't numbing those feelings. I was showing up for myself. Literally the act of me meeting those feelings head yeah. on but not with como se dice, like a heavy hand not with like mm -hmm. you better chill today you know what i'm saying like i got you know i i, I have to meet with a client i can't be crying today <laughs> not like that but with tenderness with yeah. acceptance you're here and you need to be loved you need yeah. a hug you need you need to be accepted that shit 
changed so much for me. Yo, and that's radical self-acceptance. It doesn't get more radical than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I just want to acknowledge, acknowledge that Irina said something, uh, somebody said something to her and she started to over-identify with what they said, but people are always projecting. One of the things I tell myself when I find that someone talks to me in a messed up way, I'll be like, wow, wow, their attitude has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I don't even care if I'm involved. This has nothing to do with me because I'm not bringing that energy to this situation. Right. And so then I just send them off with love. I find that if we're willing to just stop over identifying with the part of our mm -hmm. psyche that is so hurt and so traumatized. But again, like you said, it is a process. Yeah. And I don't want to oversimplify everything, but I will say that if you're looking for somewhere to start, mm -hmm. right, you just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. It's your intuition. If you can just get quiet, right? And this is free. It doesn't cost anything to get quiet so that you can hear yourself. Your intuition is going to lead you to the doctor. It's going to lead you to the person. It's going to lead you to the book. It's going to lead you to the podcast that you need to see, read, and hear in that moment that's going mm -hmm. to help you with whatever you're going through. I think that if you listen to everything that we've thrown out at you, it can be very overwhelming. Yeah. The truth of the matter is your gut, your internal GPS will always lead you to where you need to go. Right. We just have to fine tune the listening. Right. And the listening to me comes from a daily mindfulness, a daily meditation habit. So if you are willing, if you are willing to spend, I'm telling you, start with the bare minimum. Start with finding a guided meditation on YouTube that's two minutes, three minutes. I'm not saying sit there and meditate for hours. No, just get in the habit of before you start your day, before you get on your phone, before you interact with the world, get quiet, mm. hear you. Hear the spirit inside of you that wants to talk to you and guide you throughout your day. And then like relax because you're always taken care of. You're going to always be where you need to be right? if you'll just relax. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to again go back to this piece of this shit is hard, y'all. <laughs> like <laughs> I want to just mention that the work that we put in is so worth it. It's so worth it. I'm such a different person now than I even was like. A month and a half ago, two months ago, when I read No Mud, No Lotus, I'm a to I'm like, it's over for you hoes. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> over. Like, <laughs> over for you hoes, yeah. For real, because I'm like, damn, I'm so, I'm such a different person now. And I also want to say, this shit is not easy. Like, there's a reason, there's a reason why, again, we run away from these feelings. And that is because we are so afraid. Like, we, like, we can tell that it hurts and like we don't want to run toward that pain um and you mentioned this earlier and this is something that like buddhism teaches us right is that allowing feelings are visitors mm -hmm. uh, they want to be felt they just want to be felt imagine like a kid who just oh. wants to tell a story or they just want to be heard or they just want to be seen they just want to be played with feelings are like they're like little toddlers you know what i mean mm -hmm. we just got to give them the mic and they usually if we sit with that feeling all the way to its end, it usually is probably over in like a couple of minutes. I promise you, when I was, this breakup really rocked, like it really rocked me, okay? And I'm telling you what, I think it was like day three, I was reaching out to people, I was calling. Normally, I isolate. Normally, I'm perfectionist. I don't want people mm -hmm. to see me in my pain. But mm -hmm. I was really showing up for myself this time, I'm not gonna do it again. Like I'm gonna, I'm going to lean into my community. I called my friend, I was literally, on the floor. I was on my knees, on the floor, on the phone. I don't think I will ever stop feeling this pain. I will never mm -hmm. stop feeling this pain. I can't imagine a future, a world in which this doesn't hurt. Y'all, like when I tell you that I cried for four days, I was 
sobbing every day. My whole body, my whole heart was just in shatters. And then guess what? On day four, I because I met that pain and I and I brought it to my community because I chose connection rather than withdrawal, rather than isolation, which again is 10 years of therapy in the making, y'all. Like I don't want y'all to think it's gonna be this easy at first, right? But because I was able to do that and I was able to show up for myself, bring it to my community. Yo, day four, I woke up and I was, I was like, I'm gonna be okay. I was like literally looking like, where are you? Like <laughs> to my pain, I was like, I don't feel like I'm going to die with this pain in awesome. my heart. Awesome. The crazy part is that literally the day before, I like could not imagine a world in which I would laugh again, in which I would feel like myself again and Mm -hmm. it's so i'm a cancer moon so i'm just like i'm a very emotional person (laughs) but yeah that that shit was wild i want to call into the space uh, this is not something that we've talked about at all almost this whole time but the conversation about healing has been so great but you know you mentioned being queer and like growing up in like uh in this religious aspect and stuff also being neurodivergent and having all of these Mm -hmm. like mental um disorders right like same and also solidarity on the adhd right it's hard to accept ourselves and it's a radical act of resistance to do so because we live in society that profits from us hating ourselves. Makeup, hair, all this stuff is billion dollar industries. This is a capitalist world, y'all. We are in it with capitalism. It literally behooves them for us to hate ourselves. That's why self-acceptance is so radical. Like it really isn't just a word that we're throwing out here. It is every day that we observe where we are and then just not judge, not place a moral value on our behaviors, our our qualities and anything our bodies is pushing back against capitalist colonialist patriarchy all of it Mm -hmm. all of it amen i have nothing to add to that (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah it's true it's true and i'm all about i'm all about doing small rebellious things every day so if the rebellious thing for me today to do is to take a nap (laughs) because i'm tired that's me accepting myself and understanding that I'm not placed on this planet to be a workhorse. Yep. I'm placed on this planet to enjoy my life, to love and to be loved. And I can't be about that life if I'm so busy judging myself and right. trying to fix every damn thing that I see is wrong. Right. Um, none of it is wrong. All of it is beautiful. All of it makes me and I, I'm pretty fucking great. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that as marginalized people, and we can be marginalized among many axes, right? Sure. We are told even more so that we should not love ourselves. Like as queer mm-hmm. people, as neurodivergent people, black people, brown people, indigenous people, there's so much. I don't want to get on my soapbox, y'all, because y'all know I talk about capitalism <laughs> all day fucking long and colonialism and stuff. That's when I said earlier, it's over for you, hoes. Like when I come into my full power, do yeah. y'all understand what I will be, what y'all will be capable of? And that is precisely why accepting yourself as an act of resistance because literally there is so much writing on us hating ourselves people who are in power hoarding all of the wealth rely on us 
not being liberated, being literally shackled to these ideas and these beliefs. And as mm -hmm. we start to come into consciousness and as we start accepting ourselves, this is a wave that's happening right now. There's a collective consciousness, a collective awakening yeah. happening. And as yeah, we all sure. start to learn these things as a collective, as a community, that shit is going to push way back on the people in power because mm -hmm. when we are liberated, it's fucking over. It's a fucking wrap. I believe it. And really, you can't change the world without changing yourself. In fact, I'm not about changing the world. I'm just about changing myself and the reaction uh, that I have to the world and everything just changes around me once I focus yeah. on that. Honestly, sure. I was having a conversation with a friend recently and I had a I had a breakthrough where I was like, I'm a, I'm a natural being. Like reality of nature is to evolve. I don't even sure. have to try to change because I will literally happen. just change. The lessons will come to me and I will change. Yo, that shit fucking blew my mind. I don't even have to try so hard. I was literally no. putting myself in like a straitjacket. Change, 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 like change this about yourself. As soon as I would find something else about me, I would be like, I gotta change this. But the thing is yeah. like, as we are in community with each other, as we speak to each other, naturally we will change. Naturally we will evolve. The point I think of accepting ourselves is looking at ourselves exactly where we are right now and being like, you know what, in five years, in five days, in five months, I'm going to be a different person. Why not accept what is here right now so that I can naturally get there? It's like the current of a river and just floating. You are yeah. going to, like, when you raise your head up, you're going to be in a different place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We don't have to try so hard, you know? No, no. The Tao Te Ching calls it being in the Tao, being mm -hmm. in the flow, being in the way. And to me, the only way you can flow with the Tao is to be with yourself, to know when to relax and when to trust that life is working out for you. And so again, I'm, I have to just stress, to me that all started with having a daily mindfulness practice. There wasn't enough therapy and there wasn't enough books I could read that got me to hear myself. Yep. Um, and so I just tell people be, like, yes, spiritual leaders are great, gurus are cool, um, but you are the best guru that you have if you're just willing to sit and listen to yourself. That is an act of rebellion. That is a revolutionary act, not looking outside of yourself to fix anything, but going inside to return to you. You're not trying to change anything. You're just returning to your very essence, which is love. Ooh, that is a word. Uh, and we are officially <laughs> out of time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, Jamar, for joining us and for, you Thanks know, for bringing us me. your story and your wisdom, having this conversation. And Jamar, how can people find you? Because I know you got your TikTok is popping. Yeah. How can people connect with you? Jamar Rogers, like Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. I mean, obviously you found me here on IG, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also on TikTok, I'm on Twitter. Just put out my very first guided meditation on YouTube. And I have a new one coming this weekend. I'm really proud of the one that's coming this weekend, which is a Mecca loving kindness meditation. I'm ready to ride this wave with you. Uh, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yes, this is awesome. Thank you so, so much. You can play it back. It's a podcast it's because yeah. there's so many good nuggets of wisdom here. But thank you so much. I can't wait to hear your meditation. That's incredible. Thank you so much. And you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, All right. Well, good night, everybody. And we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode on radical self-acceptance. I hope you learned how loving yourself is a radical and rebellious act. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what y'all think in the comments. We are so excited to discuss these experiences with y'all. I'm going to see y'all next time. But in the meantime, stay ratty, baddies.